This episode is brought to you by Odd Mo's Pizza in Canby. Handmade awesome pizza plus craft beer, wine, and cider delivered. Order today at 503-263-8444 or visit them online at oddmoes.com. This episode is also brought to you by Canby Foursquare Church. Since 1978, a place to grow, connect, and serve. Sunday services on campus and online at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Learn more at canbyfoursquare.com. Welcome to Now Hear This Canby, your source for news. The threat of a possible teacher strike was avoided this week. There's a new irresistibly cute creature winning over fans, and its name is Scootaloo. Sports? It's like Lucy in the football. You want to kick a field goal, but they take it away from you. We had to learn how to win. Goal can't be in the last second of the game! And interesting conversations. Because I'm one of the strongest girls ever, and I know that for a fact. (laughs) I just really enjoy writing gossip as if I was a bear. (laughs) With an old maid daughter that makes the best moonshine in the coast. (laughs) If it would have hit me in the face, I think I would have died. I really do. I guarantee you would have died, man. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Welcome to Now Hear This Canby Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Tyler Clawson, and this is what's happening this week in our community. Two brothers, both in their 60s, are presumed dead after their raft flipped on the Clackamas River Friday, prompting warnings about river safety from the Clackamas County Sheriff's Office. Their brothers and a friend were attempting to cross the Clackamas River to get to Austin Hot Springs when one of the brothers, 67-year-old Vladimir Zagradchuk, fell into the river, deputies reported. The lone survivor, a 61-year-old man, and the remaining brother, 66-year-old Vasily Zagradchuk, then floated more than half half a mile downriver before the raft flipped, dumping both men. The survivor searched for the other two members of his party but was unable to locate them. The survivor was eventually helped by another group which offered to take him into town. Deputies located the brothers' vehicle on a Forest Service road and called the Clackamas County Search and Rescue Team. Searchers were challenged by diminishing daylight and swift, extremely high water. They scoured the river and surrounding areas throughout Friday night and into Saturday morning, but could not find the missing men. Teams were assisted by Mountain Wave Search and Rescue, a Hood River County Sheriff's Office aircraft, and drones. Tuesday afternoon, Vasily Zagraychuk was confirmed dead when his body was located by a U.S. Forest Service officer shortly before 2 p.m., approximately 2.8 miles downriver from the rope crossing where the incident began the previous week. The location was about two miles from where the raft flipped, sending the two remaining men downriver. Officials said the body was found in the Clackamas River, caught up in what is known as a strainer, a series of logs and debris blocking a portion of the river. While active search efforts are officially suspended, Saturday night, May 20th, members of the Forest Service and Sheriff's Office continued to periodically search the area for the second missing rafter in the hope that it would bring closure to the family. The Sheriff's Office warned residents to use extreme caution when on the Clackamas River because of high water levels, fast currents, and cold water. Officials also urge recreators to note that Austin Hot Springs is on private property and is closed to all public use.
The Canby Area Chamber of Commerce has announced a new executive director just ahead of the community's usual busy calendar of summer events following an extensive search and interview process by the organization's board of directors and staff. New executive director Belinda Goody brings an extensive background in business development, nonprofits, and event management, including serving as the part-time director of the Toledo, Oregon Chamber of Commerce from 2015 to 2016. Goody also boasts an impressive entrepreneurial background, having owned her first business at the age of 18. She holds a bachelor's degree in business marketing and geoscience, as well as an associate's degree in paralegal practices and weather technology. Originally from Denver, Colorado, Goody spent her formative years in southwest Florida on the Gulf Coast. She joined the Air Force specializing in weather forecasting before retiring as a paralegal. Over her 22-year military career, she rose to the position of senior paralegal and law office manager at McCord Air Force Base in Tacoma, Washington. In 2007, Goody relocated to Seal Rock, Oregon and founded the Celtic Heritage Alliance. Under her leadership, the organization hosted the highly successful Newport Celtic Festival and Highland Games, which quickly became the second largest event of its kind in the state. In 2017, Goody facilitated a smooth transition of the organization to the new board of directors, which relocated the events to McMinnville, now known as the McMinnville Scottish Festival. Goody settled in Silverton area in 2022, and in January of this year, she founded Umbrella Business Solutions, LLC, providing a variety of freelance services to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Goody is the third permanent director appointed to lead the local business advocacy organization since Kyle Lang's departure in January 2022 after four years in the role. He was followed by Lori Tarter, who stepped down after six months for personal matters, and Tracy Zawacki, with whom the board parted ways after two months for undisclosed reasons. Goody began her role April 25th and jumped in with both feet, officials said, hosting the chamber's first tourism committee meeting, its monthly Good Morning Canby event at Hope Village, and the May luncheon at Cutsforth's Old Town Hall. After a smashingly successful inaugural run in 2022, the American Ruck is set to return next month. A seven-mile walk created by employees at American Steel to recognize, remember, and honor the sacrifices of military veterans and first responders. Slated to begin at 8 a.m. Saturday, June 17th at the newly opened Leporos Steel 2480 Southeast 13th Avenue, the American Ruck follows the logging road trail through Canby to its northern terminus at the Willamette River and back. Additional parking available at American Steel 525 South Sequoia Parkway. We had over 100 at our inaugural event last year and we're hoping for 200 or more this year. Jackie Bates, one of the event's lead organizers both years said, adding, kids are always welcome and had lots in strollers last year and some walking with their parents. While running or jogging is allowed, Bates said most participants go as a steady walking pace. What distinguishes the event from other run-slash-walk fundraisers is that Rutgers are asked to carry at least 20 pounds if they are physically able. 
The weight you select to carry is up to you and how you decide to carry it, Bates said. We had some carry over 60 plus pounds last year. Those, those unable to carry a ruck are still welcome to participate at their own pace and ability level. Proceeds from the 2023 American Ruck will go to the Canby First Responder Fund and Todd Shaw Memorial Fund. The Dr. Richard Davis First Responder Fund is a 501c3, which seeks to ensure that Canby Police, Fire, EMTs, and the Canby Center have resources to assist people with needs incurred during an emergency. The Todd Shaw Memorial Fund is a partner of Building Blocks for Kids, which is an organization that provides scholarships for local children to play youth sports in our community. The fund is dedicated to the memory of Todd Shaw, a husband, father, friend, coach, and Oregon City community member for over 25 years. A former NCAA football player at Washington State University, Shaw moved to Oregon City in 1998, where he soon made his mark on the youth coaching scene in softball, basketball, and football. Shaw died unexpectedly in 2023 February, leaving behind a wife and two children. His family chose to honor his commitment to youth sports by creating the opportunity to donate to building blocks for kids in his name and memory. The funds donated will provide scholarships for local youth sports organizations. Clackamas Community College is hosting a second annual Summer Connections, a family-friendly event celebrating Juneteenth, LGBTQ Pride Month, and other cultural and community events. The celebration will be held from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. Friday, June 9th on the college's Oregon City campus. College officials promise that there will be guest speakers, entertainment, children's activities, booths, food, and fun. This includes salsa dancing and jazzercise demonstrations, a DJ spinning tunes, bingo, cornhole, a photo booth, and local vendors sharing information about summer activities and community services. Participants will also have opportunities to tour the college, explore services and on-campus organizations, and learn about Juneteenth and Pride Month. Connection is the key to allowing equality, inclusion, and belonging to grow, CCC Chief Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer Casey Layton said. Come take part in strengthening our community. Summer Connections is sponsored by the Clackamas Community College Foundation, the City of Milwaukee, the Clackamas County Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion Office, and the Oregon Health Authority's Healthier Together Oregon. Cougar Country Hometown Sports Coverage is brought to you by Rife and Huntsaker. PC, when you need an attorney, turn to the firm Canby is trusted for over 50 years. Call them today at 503-266-3456. For the latest sports news, follow us on Twitter at Cougar Country or and Instagram at Cougar Country Pod. The Canby High School Band Program capped an unprecedented successful spring campaign with some shiny new hardware this month, capturing second at the OSAA Band Orchestra State Championships and fourth at the Oregon Music Education Association State Jazz Championships. Both results were the highest in school history. In fact, this year marked only the second time the Canby High School Band even qualified for the OSAA state competition. Canby's first trip to the states was last year, where the band finished 17th. Canby High School Band Director Nick Lutcherhand conducts at the 2023 Band State Championships on May 2nd. Canby's Wind Ensemble and Jazz Band 
also took first place in their respective competitions at the Northwest Oregon Conference League Championships and won the Northwest Individual Concert Band Contest at Clackamas Community College, all first for the program. It's a very special group this year, band director Nick Lechterhand said. There were a lot of firsts. And competition is not everything, but it's a tangible mark of success and tangible mark that these kids are getting a quality music education, which is the most important thing to me. The state championship performance and second place finish were especially meaningful for Lechterhand, achieving a goal he had held since he first took the reins of the school band program seven years ago. I was a student at Canby High School and decided that I wanted to not just be a band director, but the band director at Canby High School when I was 17 or 18 years old, he recalled. We never made it to states, and it's honestly been my life goal to be the band director at this school that brings them to state championships. Not only to see them go, but place second. It's a dream come true. And I'm just super proud of these kids. They work really hard, and it's a great end to a great year. Lechterhand attributes the band's success to the members' hard work, study, and camaraderie they've built over the years, and his own continued growth as a director. Last year's trip to States taught them much, and this year, he made a concentrated effort to bring in guest conductors to share their unique talents with the band. Once you get to state level, you start to understand what it takes to compete, what that degree of musicality sounds like, he explains. I think we learned a lot from hearing the other bands talking with the other directors. And I know I've learned a tremendous amount from that experience. I've listened to every judge, and we have been actively seeking to apply those lessons and everything that we have learned. While many high school choir bands and orchestras shrank in the wake of the pandemic, losing an average of 50% of their members, Gamby's music programs have bucked those trends, continuing to see strong growth. Last year's freshman band class was the largest Lechterhand has ever seen, and has, his overall program has grown to 130 students, up from 60 when he first returned to Canby High. The thing that I attribute that to is the community making it possible to build those relationships with our students and provide opportunities for artistic expression, he said. And we have an excellent middle school theater program at Baker Prairie and 91 School, and good high school programs don't exist without that. The band's success in state competitions is a fitting coda to what has been a remarkable year for Camby in the musical and performing arts. The Camby dance team returned to form in March, bringing home one, not one, but two state titles on St. Patrick's Day, bringing their total to seven since 2015. And not to be outdone, the Camby Concert Choir won their first ever state championship just a couple weeks ago after finishing second three times since 2007. Hey Frankie, how's that new internet deal you just signed up for working out? Uh, not great, actually. Oh, sorry to hear that. How so? Well, my bill ended up being way more than I thought it would. I actually have this statement here. Uh, apparently I had to pay more for high data usage? Oh yeah, some providers will get you for that. Sometimes they have data caps and they can slow down your speeds and charge you extra for going over. So I'm being punished for using my connection? That doesn't seem right. <laughs> I'm with you there. What else does your bill say? A lot. I had to pay extra for faster upload speeds to get Wi-Fi equipment, and there's also this 
infrastructure fee? I looked that up and it turns out it's a fee so they can build out their network, mostly in other cities and states. I hate to say it, Frankie, but it sounds like you might have only taken into account the flashy sale price and not all the fine print charges. <sighs> you may be right. You should switch your internet to Direct Link, Cambie's local cooperative provider. They don't have any hidden fees and don't nickel and dime you for using your connection. Plus, Wi-Fi is included in your internet subscription. That sounds great. I could really use a new router and these data overage fees are going to add up really fast. It couldn't be easier. Just give them a call and ask about Omni. It's their all-in-one internet service that includes Wi-Fi, enhanced security, great parental controls, and easy-to-use network management apps. And there's really no hidden fees? They won't charge me for streaming and gaming a lot? Nope. You get fast download and upload speeds, unlimited data use, reliable and secure Wi-Fi, and local service included with any direct link fiber connection. Give them a call today at 503-266-8111 or visit www.directlink.coop. All right, on the Cami Conversation today, we are so delighted to have back on Carrie Tillotson. She is a Canby native, Canby High School graduate, and a children's book author who recently published your second children's book in your, I guess, Bananas series. Yes. <laughs> Hi, Carrie. Welcome back. Hi, thank you for having me. Um, did I pronounce your name right, Carrie? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's wanted to make sure. Um, so uh, tell us a, a little bit about your, your, I guess, your first book and your new book for folks that may not be familiar. Sure. So my first book is Counting to Bananas, a mostly rhyming fruit book. Uh, it came out about a year ago in 2022. And it's about a banana um, who wants to be the star of a fruit book, um, but keeps getting surprised when the narrator throws in things besides fruit. Um, and so they kind of have a, a disagreement about what really should be in this book or not. Yeah. Then the new book is B is for Bananas, a going bananas alphabet book. <laughs> and what you can't see in the title unless you see the book is that originally it says B is for bedtime. But yeah. bedtime has been crossed out and presumably replaced by banana who says B is for bananas. So yeah. it's another disagreement between banana and narrator about you know is this a bedtime book or not <laughs> yeah yeah um so where did the idea come from for for i guess this character that's now become uh really important to you so far your your storytelling yeah so we i think we might have touched on this last year when we talked so counting yeah. to bananas um is really what sparked the character and a my, life experience. Yes. Yeah. My son used to take swim lessons and every time he would have to do a skill called a starfish float. So he'd have to float for 10 seconds and his instructor would count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine bananas, yeah. <laughs> which five-year-olds think is hysterical. I <laughs> so think it's pretty funny. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> One day she, or my son was giving her a hard time saying how she never counted to 10. And she said, well, don't you love my counting to bananas? And just something about that phrase, I was sitting there working on some other story and I thought that's a picture book title. 
And so I just jotted it down and it kind of blossomed from there. It's turned now into two books. Yeah. Yeah. There's just something about bananas. We were talking before we started uh, recording that there are actually even a couple of other Portland area authors in the past couple of years that have published obviously very different uh, children books, but featuring bananas in the title and in the central kind of subject matter. Um, is it just a funny word? Is it something that's colorful and that appeals to kids obviously it's it's something everyone knows everyone knows what a banana is or most yeah. kids you would think no uh what is it do you think having um you know uh done two books now featuring uh this this character and this idea i think it is partly that it's just kind of a funny word yeah <laughs> to me it is i don't know people are always saying like that's bananas and that's yeah just a phrase so I think Flipping people on a banana it. peel, obviously it's central, you know, the most comedic thing of all time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think there's something about that. And um, I know like Zoe Abbott, her book banana came about because um, of one of her neighbors, they saw each other across the street and she came outside and, or he came outside holding a banana and he started like pantomiming, doing all these different silly things with a banana. And so I think her story originated with just a silly situation as well. Mm -hmm. Cool. Cool. I've seen you um, at a, a, a reading, um, a storytelling time, story time with kids at uh, the book nook here in Canby oh. for your first book last year. And um, I don't know if it was yours or if it's something they just made you do, but wearing sort of the <laughs> banana, I hesitate to call it a hat. It was more like an, in, it was more like a costume for your face. Yeah, uh, <laughs> true. <laughs> it is. I The banana hat is mine. Okay. And I do occasionally wear it, but yeah, it's like a full head wrap and it's right. very hot and I can't hear very well. So I don't wear it very long. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it resembles sort of like, um, uh, I, I'm picturing like the, I forget what they're called, but like in the Game of Thrones, the things the nuns wear where they, like it really tightly covers up everything but their face. But picture that, but as a banana and you'll yeah. kind of get the idea. <laughs> exactly. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your uh, co-creator. Is it Estrella? Estrella Lorenzo. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she, so obviously your books are uh, children's books, picture books. Um, the writing obviously is really important as are the illustrations. Yeah. And Estrella... Um, really helped you, uh, I, I believe, um, uh, create kind of the the look of Banana. That's uh, a central character and, and is really um, helped kind of make him the fun kind of uh, fun for kids character that he is. Yeah, I mean, Estrella really has done everything about the look of the book. That's yeah. not me at all. Mm. Um, she is amazing. Um, and I'm just so excited to have been paired up with her for these two books. Yeah. I think what her, what she really brings to the table is like such expressiveness for her characters, yeah. which I think makes banana a lot of fun to follow through the stories and, you know, see what, what he has to deal with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, she really kind of brings, I feel, um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, a, a kind of zaniness I feel to the character where he's just everything is to the max, you know, nothing sort of subtle or um, but I guess I, obviously every kid is different. But I, I wanted to kind of move the conversation this way. If you feel like you're inspired by your experiences as a parent, because I feel like 
kids can be very much like that, right? Where everything is at a uh, 10, you know, yeah. they are hungry or they're tired or whatever. Everything's to the max. Um, there's no like, I'm a little this or a little that. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. My mom likes to say that she thinks banana is my son. And I'm like, I didn't intentionally modify, um, intentionally create him in my right. son's image, but right. I do see pieces of him in there. Yeah. I see pieces of myself in banana. I think, mm. I think that everybody might see a little bit of themselves in banana. Yeah. Um, but yeah, parenting, especially in the B is for bananas book, I feel like my experience as a parent is really tied into that book because I I try to follow like a lot of the theory of playful parenting, mm. so like bringing play just into our daily routines. And so you you know you might see banana role playing as lots of different characters, yeah. and that is definitely from true life in my house. Yeah, yeah. And I think that a lot of kids um, like the, the the idea that he's always trying to sort of insert himself into the story where maybe uh, the narrator has other ideas yes. um, is, I think, true to a lot of parents' experiences as well, where where kids uh, just psychologically, you know, really um, uh, have trouble connecting with something unless it's about them or they see themselves in a character. And that's why. Uh, you know, uh, authors often at different levels will make, you know, whatever, whatever audience they're writing to their main character will be that age, right? Because that's yep. important to kids. Yeah. 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 Kids need to identify with and relate to the character they're reading about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so tell us about uh, we we talked a little bit, obviously, even today and, and uh, very much so when you're on the show before about your first book. But tell us where the second one came from and, and what the idea was going back to the character, but doing um, more of a bedtime story and more of an alphabet story. Yeah. So the the idea came from my editor, my agent and I had sent her um, a different fictional story to see if she wanted to acquire something else from me. And she wrote back and said, you know, I like this, but actually our team is thinking about a sequel with Banana as the character. Mm -hmm. So she thought, you know, with counting to bananas being a concept book, um, you know, with the counting and numbers, she thought that a good follow-up might be an alphabet book. And she suggested the title B is for bananas, but said, you know, you're not tied to that, of course. And I thought, okay, well, okay, now I have another t a book title with no idea what this book is about again. Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of did a lot of like brainstorming. Usually my writing process is like making lists and doing free writes until I have some clue of what it is I'm actually doing. And I really thought this book was going to be an animal book like a, an ABC animal right. book. Right, A is for alligator, yeah. Yeah, and so I was brainstorming all these ideas about what to do with the animals, and somehow I finally got to, um, okay, the animals are going to bed, and then all of a sudden I was like, oh, B is for bedtime, but no, B is actually for bananas. I was like, yeah. that's perfect. I knew that this banana character would definitely disagree that B is for bedtime. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. And animals were obviously really prominent in the first book as well. So it's cool to yeah. kind of go a different direction with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about the process of being a, a children's book author. Um, I, it's not something I've ever done, um, but I do know and I feel like there's some some similar ground in the fact that um, 
writing uh writing articles and and journalism where you're trying to write really lean and and write short and and get right to the point um is often much harder than just having no limit and writing as much as you want and i i feel like that's to the even to the nth power with children's book writing where you literally you know, can only really do a few short words per page or it's just not going to work. Yeah. Um, that's got to be hard to tell a, a, a compelling story in that type of space. It It is hard. Um, yeah, they the conventional wisdom right now is that picture books on average should be under 500 words. Um, of course, you'll definitely see picture books that are longer than that, and that's totally fine. Um, but the the market is trending towards fewer words for picture books and it is difficult for me i feel like it's i'm doing a puzzle mm. where i don't know what the ending is mm. <laughs> and so it's like trying to figure out what are all these different pieces and how do they fit yeah. like for me i don't i don't typically write a story from beginning to end and like there's my draft and then i work with that i i tend to like get ideas that are sort of piecemeal. Mm -hmm. And so I might get a line from the beginning and then a line from the end and something else in the middle. And yeah, I don't know. So for me, it's really like, it's writing a really hard puzzle. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, tell me um, that you have some weird quirk in your process where you eat a lot of bananas where you're, when you're <laughs> writing or anything like that. How do you get in the um, mode? Bananas are actually not my favorite fruit. <laughs> I did not like bananas as a kid and okay. I really only eat them as an adult when my son eats them. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do like banana bread and banana muffins and like all the banana desserts. Yeah. Um, but no, in terms Can we of agree, like, banana flavored candy, like Laffy Taffy is just the worst. I think <laughs> yeah. that's universally. Yeah. Agree. If, if you like it, I'm sorry. But yeah. you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> I do have banana flavored Laffy Taffy to give out at events and like I'll never eat it. But yeah. for kids who want it, they can yeah. have it. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel like I feel like I'm being insulted if you hand me that. So <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. Uh, but but go on. Um, sort of getting in the, the writing mood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sometimes coffee, sometimes tea. Hmm. Really what I find for me that helps me the most is listening to like either naturescape music or classical or piano music. Cool. I can't listen to anything with words when I write. So it yeah. has to be like wordless. Yeah, I'm like that as well, actually. Yeah, but my mom tells me that when I was a kid, I used to listen to classical music and do my homework. I'm like, I don't even remember that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's cool. What does your son think of your your success? Oh, I think he thinks it's great. He he likes to come along to some of the he likes to come along to the events where there's banana cake. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, he's one of my first readers when I finish a story. He's 11 now, so he's a pretty good critiquer. Yeah. And yeah, it's helpful to get his feedback. I, I think he likes being involved, too. Mm. So it's mm. fun. Awesome. Awesome. Um, you've got uh, at least one event in the Portland area coming up, I believe, at Powell's. Yeah, I'll be at Powell's um, downtown tomorrow morning, which is May 6th at 1030 for pajama story time. Okay. Um, so kids are welcome to bring uh, wear pajamas and bring a stuffed animal. And then I'll be in Tigard at the Tigard Public Library on Sunday, May 7th at two o'clock. 
Oh, cool. For we'll be doing like a story time, and then they have a story walk where they have like those boards out along the path outside the library. Mm, so cool. they'll have, I'll do the B is for bananas story time, and then counting to bananas will be on the story walk. Awesome, awesome, and, and probably looking to uh, do some other things throughout the summer as they. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a couple other things that are starting to be in the works for a little more down the road. Yeah. Is the second book out now or when did it release? Yeah. Yeah. It released April 11th. Oh, okay. It's been out yeah. a little while. Yeah. 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 Uh, how have folks been receiving it that you've heard? I've been hearing nice things. Yeah. yeah. I've been having people ask when, you know, is there a third book? And I, yeah. Got to complete the oh, trilogy. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I hope so, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I guess, uh, so you haven't decided as far as a trilogy yet, but um, are, are you uh, just kind of focused on what you're doing right now? Or have you started to kind of think of what your next project might be? Uh, I have, um, my next book will come out, it was just announced last week. Oh, cool. Uh, so my first nonfiction picture book comes out in spring 2025. So we wow. got a while. Oh. But, uh, it's called Alpacas Here, Alpacas There. And it follows alpacas born and raised in North America and in South America. And it's kind wow. of like a compare and contrast of how they're raised, similar and different. What got you interested in that? That's fascinating. I sort of had a fascination with alpacas for a long time. Yeah. Thought I was going to be an alpaca farmer and realized... There's still time, Carrie. There's still time, but um, <laughs> there's also the cost of land. Yeah. So, but then I realized that, well, I can just write about alpacas. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So that's coming. coming in spring 2025, illustrated with, by Elisa Chavari. Yeah. Um, for folks that, that uh, don't know or, or don't remember from our first interview or haven't uh, followed your, your career, um, I'm trying to remember the, the details, but you, you, you kind of grew up wanting to be a children's book author, but uh, professionally for some time you were... Was it epidemiology? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a master's degree in public health um, in epidemiology and biostatistics. And wow. I worked as a biostatistician for 13 years. Yeah. Yeah, spent a long time in that field. Um, but I actually wanted to be an illustrator from when I was very little, which is what led me into picture books. And mm -hmm. I didn't even know that I loved to write until I started trying to write. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Funny how uh, things happen. So, so sort of returning to nonfiction a little bit in the world of science, does that uh, feel nice? Uh, marrying a little bit of, of sort of your new career and your, your past life? For sure. Yeah. I have a lot of um, works in progress that are nonfiction. I, I kind of have a big spread. So I do yeah. fiction and nonfiction, but mm -hmm. I do enjoy nonfiction because it brings in all the research that I am familiar with doing from working in that field for so long. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Carrie, it's been great to reconnect with you. Congrats on, um, I guess, three books now coming out. That's awesome. Thank Where you. can folks uh, connect with you on social media, find out more about you, your website? Sure. I'm online at carrytillotson.com. Um, just my first and last name and same on Twitter and Instagram at Carrie Tillotson. And uh, you can find my books at any bookstore near you. Yeah. That's Carrie, C-A-R-R-I-E. And then Tillotson is T-I-L-L-O-T-S.
S-O-N. I had to cheat a little bit. Sorry about that. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Got it right. But um, Carrie, uh, again, thanks so much. And uh, just wish you all the best. Really appreciate you taking time out for us again today. Yeah, thank you so much, Tyler. I appreciate it. Tyler, did you know that the Australian lyrebird can mimic any sound that it hears, even chainsaws? No, that's uh, super interesting. Did you know that a baby puffin is called a puffling? Uh, or no. that baby sea otters can't swim, so their moms wrap them up in pieces of kelp until they learn how to paddle? Wait, do you know any trivia that isn't like animal related? Not really, but here's some stuff you may not know about the Wild Hair Saloon, where Camby goes to eat and have fun. Okay. The Wild Hair is one of Camby's longest running locally owned restaurants. Owners Joan and Darren Moden have been in business for 16 years. That's cool. Yeah, heck, you were just a baby back then. I, and, wait, what? And they love to give back. They've been members of the Camby Chamber for that long, and they donate over $20,000 to local sports, FFA programs, and civic organizations each year. Wow, I'm legitimately like caught off. That's cool. Yeah. They also support more than 30 jobs in the community through their award-winning staff, some of them as young as 18. Hey, that's older than you are. Uh, dude, I'm I'm 10 months younger than you. With, with the days getting longer and the weather getting warmer, the Canby Wild Hair's expansive outdoor patio is the place to be. Furry friends, welcome. Well, that sounds great. I'm going to go check them out just off of Highway 99E next to the Space Age in Canby at 1656 Beaver Creek Road in Oregon City or on their website at thewildhairsaloon.net. See, I thought you might go meta and do uh, happy birthday or something. <laughs> <laughs> we are... Oh, there we go. <laughs> I think that was copyrighted. <laughs> of course, we are at Camby Music with Brian Haynes. Hey, Brian, how you doing? It's Great, been a little while. Doing? Yeah. Yeah, enjoying the weather? I am, yeah. Um, with somebody that has a kid in baseball, I welcome the nice weather. Oh, my gosh. It was an <laughs> awful start to the season. Not not ba- baseball-wise, but weather-wise. <laughs> well, even Monday, we had to call a game because it was raining. Really? Gosh. It was up in Clackamas. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, as the musical uh, interlude there alluded to, we've got some uh, anniversaries coming up. Anniversaries. Yes. So <laughs> 2008, 15 years ago, I started Camby Music down the street. Woohoo! And um, then a handful of years ago, bought this property and renovated it. And it just so happens that, according to the records, it was built in 1923. And now it's 2023, which makes it 100 years old. That's a big deal. It is a big deal because it was probably going to get torn down if I didn't. Yeah, it, w- it wasn't in good shape. <laughs> yeah. So some, you know, they were hoping somebody's going to rip this whole block apart. Yeah. Um, so it's lived to see another century. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So we've got uh, three years ish here at this location yeah, yeah. for the store. Yep. 15 years in business and 100 years for your new home, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so um, we're, we're doing great. We have, you know, I have the most employees I've ever had. We're uh, expanding. 100 employees. No. Uh, 100, yeah. 100 years, 100 employees. Oh, man, I don't know what I do with that. <laughs> no. Um, and so we're going to have our party out front here on June 3rd, Saturday, from 11 to 2. Um, we're going to have uh, free food and live music and um, 
hopefully a bouncy house like we normally do. I yeah. Need, I need to go rent it still. Yeah. But I'm sure it's available. Yeah. Um, and uh, maybe some other activities and um, maybe do some prizes and giveaways and, mm. and stuff like that. But basically just a fun time uh, to come out and get some lunch and hang out. And hopefully the weather will be cooperative. Awesome. Yeah. What was that date again? June 3rd from oh. 11 to 2. Okay. Cool. June 3rd. And that's a Saturday, I think? Or? Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, Saturday. Yeah. Um, you've done uh, these in the past and they've always been a good so, time. Yep. I've done them the last two years. Back at the old store, we used to do them um, and then kind of went away from it. Um, and then when we came over here, we decided to start doing it again. Yeah. And once again, I'm doing it last minute because it's not my forte putting together functions right. like this. And so I am... Um, you know, drag my feet and um, feel like I don't have any time to do it. But we're going to make it happen. Yeah. And um, everybody's going to pull together. And we're getting the poster uh, figured out today. And we'll post them around town so nice. everybody can see it and hand yeah. stuff out at the store. And um, you're going to be there. Oh, yeah. You'll sing a couple songs with us. I will. Yeah, I'll be, yeah. Uh, you know, pe- the people demand it. They, yeah. I, I'm always <laughs> real reluctant, but they're yeah. like, you know, I'm like... Kristen Wiig and Saturday Night Live, you know, don't make me sing. Yeah, like, you're, yeah you're like, oh, don't make me sw- no, sing. No, uh, Okay. <laughs> Baby Shark it is. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's one of the most requested it is every time. Um, 15 years is a big deal. So, especially when I think about that there are people that take lessons here and even people that work here that there was never really a time that they knew that the store wasn't here. Yeah. You know, which is kind of crazy to me. Yeah. Um, but I started it when I was 29 years old. Yeah. And with not really any kind of idea of what I was doing. Yeah. And it's just worked out. Mm. Um, it's something that the community likes. You know, we do lots of lessons and um, band instrument rentals, which is all involved in the community. And I like that aspect of it. You know, retail is a part of it, but but we're just really about being involved in the community and, and doing things that help yeah. the, the, um, the musical aspects of things around here. Yeah. Um, take me back to 2008 a, a little bit. You were a, an active uh, performing musician. Yes, all did through you, my 20s, yeah. Did you kind of always have in the back of your mind that you'd like to start a business or do a no. store? Or, no. no. No, you just wanted to be a musician. No. I was um, kind of serious with, with uh, somebody who is now my wife, Sarah. Yeah. Um, and so when we got back from the last stint that we were on, we, we were gone for six months playing. She was part of the band too? No. 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 She was just with you. No, no, oh. no. I mean, the band was no, no. She, she was, was here. here. She okay, was here. gotcha. Excuse me. No, no. Okay. She she flew out once or twice on on that last one and hung yeah. out for a couple of weeks. But no, um, we're out. And so we got back, and I was trying to figure out what to do. I was twenty nine years old, and mm. I was worried about going in the. You know, it, it just seemed like that was a good time to end that. It didn't seem very. Uh, not the direction I wanted to go. It, 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 you know, yeah. to, if I was thinking about getting married and, and house yeah. and all that stuff. Sure. So, anywho, stability wise, uh, yeah, we got yeah. we got to be responsible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't just yeah. be boozing it up on the road all the time. 
Um, so was I was actually in Tigered Music with somebody, mm-hmm. um, and uh, which which now doesn't even exist anymore. Um, but we were in there, and he said, uh, "Wouldn't it be neat if you could just do this all day?" As I was buying some some strings, yeah. And I said, "Yeah, it would be kind of neat." And it just kind of started festering in my mind, and I decided to go out and start looking. This I don't even know how much retail uh, space you know cost cost yeah and um i realized in downtown it was a lot cheaper than like say in, in uh, fred meyers right and i'm like at that time it's... at the yeah right everything's yeah. Um, changing now but yeah um but i said okay i'm gonna just go ahead and do this and my goal in life my, my goal wasn't to make any money at first my only goal was to not go massively in debt <laughs> That was it. I, I said, if this doesn't work out, I want to be able to step back out of it. Yeah. Um, you know, no harm, no foul. Right. And so I didn't start big and I didn't have a lot of inventory. Yeah. And people just started coming in from the first day asking if I did guitar lessons. And I just said yes, even though I never. Right. I had no idea. Right. Um, <laughs> and so I just said yes, thinking that maybe I'd find somebody that actually had taught before. How did to you do learn the guitar? I, I was a combination of, I was basically self-taught. Yeah. But um, I would subscribe to this magazine. Remember when magazines used to come to your house every in the mailbox? Vaguely, yeah. <laughs> and so there was these guitar they were like magazines. E- they were like spam emails made out of paper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but, but they would have, you know, different songs and different lessons in them. And so I would, okay. I would go through those. And my friend, when we were playing, when I started playing in junior high, he um, was taking private lessons. Yeah. And so he would come home from his private lesson, and then he'd teach me the Metallica song that he was learning or nice. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you grew up here, right? Yeah. 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 So did he take lessons locally or? Um, yeah. Well, I th- I don't know if it was from a store. I don't actually know who, because I know he was, there was a piano teacher that came to their house, and it perhaps was just the same guy. That, oh, okay. That, yeah. Um, he was secretly a rock god or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By day, he's like a mild-mannered yeah, I, pianist. I, I have no idea who this guy was, but him teaching my friend it was, helped it teach was, me. It was and Slash so whoever you are, thanks, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, it's probably 70 years old now. Yeah, yeah. Listening to this podcast, I'm sure. Um, so anyway, so you basically self-taught. Uh, you started this I, I did want to ask how you kind of found the location. Or I, there are probably a few open uh, spaces at that time or the, the, the original, original one yeah yeah so i went i just drove around town and i called the number on every single retail spot that had a sign on it and just got prices yeah just yeah. got prices and um looked at them and, and it was actually kind of down to the one i was at and the one that motocross direct is in okay so he moved in like literally a month after me yeah uh but it was more than I wanted to pay to be so being on ninety nine e apparently is uh, is a premium yeah and so but he's been there Monty's been there ever since yeah um, and so that that's the spot I picked because it was visible enough and it was in my price range yeah and um, I gave myself one month to open the doors I had to figure out which again your price range was 
not massively in debt. <laughs> right. I mean, I didn't even know how to order products like, yeah. like wholesale. You yeah. Know? Like I just started asking. I would around. like one inventory, please. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. And um, just just kind of move from there. But it was the lessons. Yeah. That was the only reason that store made it. Um, and it, was it because people knew you and kind of... There was a lot of people. Yeah. Because, yeah. because well, I'm from like a, this town. Yeah. Um, there, there was a lot of people... And it's interesting, even to this day. So now there's a lot of people that I went to high school with yeah. that are bringing their kids, kids here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So um, it's been, and then the store's been based around lessons ever since. People come here and they take lessons, and then you know they might buy something or they might join band and they might rent something um, or get something repaired. But it's very much a teaching centered yeah. store. Yeah, yeah. What are some of the big lessons you've learned along the way? One of the big lessons I've learned along the way um, to always try to be nice and kind to people. Yeah. You know. Um, just a good, good life lesson. Yeah. Just, yeah. Good, so when good you're advice. in a small town especially, yeah. you know, always try to – if there's a disagreement or maybe a potential disagreement, yeah. you know, always trying to look for the good in it because – that's not the last time you're going to see them or somebody else that they know. And, yeah. and so there's that yeah. lesson. Yeah. Um, try to find some sort of common ground. Yeah. Um, other life lessons, um, be patient. Mm. There's, there's a lot of times where things aren't going to happen. Yeah. You know, and you, you just have to, whatever aspect of the business, you know, because there's really like four parts of the business. Yeah. And if one part really isn't going anywhere, you know, you just focus on the one that it is and you let that and uh, carry it and hmm. uh, just keep chugging along. Oh, and I think maybe my biggest lesson was not to have too many expectations, mm-hmm. which I didn't, with, which I think was a blessing because... Yeah. I basically just rolled with the punches. When people came in and they were looking for lessons, I just decided to do that. If what, whatever I thought should be in the retail store, you know. You were open to. I was open to whatever, you know, people would come in and ask, oh, do you have this? Do you have that? I'm like, okay, well, I better have this and that. Yeah. And um, I just let the people that came in the store kind of dictate what it was going to become. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really, really good a uh, really useful piece of advice for anyone uh, looking to potentially start a new business is to uh, be flexible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, anything that really surprised you? I guess you learned a lot more about uh, reeds for band instruments than you ever thought you would. <laughs> right. So I I didn't know. I mean, I was in band a little bit and choir a little bit, uh-huh. um, but definitely not a lot. And it was bass guitar. Yeah. And And, and I did... Some other thing with guitar there. Yeah. So I was pretty limited in that area, and now it's become a pretty big part of the store. And, you know, that's a no small part to a, a couple people um, that work here or have worked here yeah. that know a lot more about it than me. Yeah. And uh, I've learned along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, the last thing I just want to ask you, maybe, um, you know, uh, j- just, I guess, somewhat adjacent although you, you know you grew up here and were part of the the band and, and choir a little bit as you say but um obviously we just won the state championship and choir yeah maybe high awesome. school did yeah. uh, but there's such a rich musical heritage in this community going back generations um do you have any thoughts on kind of 
that and where the where you seen that come from? Obviously, a lot of that is is a lot of your clientele coming through here, folks that are part of some of that tradition. Yeah, so Camby is really lucky that there's a lot of people, you know, yeah, generations of people that support. Um, <clears throat> Uh, band and, and and choir and stuff, and you know not only by donating their time but financially, mm. you know you know and I do too, and anybody that buys the fireworks from the Camby Music Boosters yeah. um, on Fourth of July, that money's going straight to um, to to the music program. People are like, oh, why don't you just go get your fireworks at Costco? I'm like, yeah, that it's not the yeah, you can get them cheaper at Costco, but that's not the point. You're, right. It's it's essentially donating. I've got some good fireworks there yeah. as well. I've got my fireworks yeah. at the boosters stand quite a bit and yeah. some good deals. So, you, you know, there's some other schools that they don't have much of a budget to get instruments repaired or buy new instruments. Yeah. And, and so Camby's really lucky to, to, to have a lot of support yeah. with that. Yeah. And I I've, get parents that come in. You know, like, oh, this was my clarinet when I was, mm-hmm. you know, in school, and now we're fixing up because my daughter or whatever is yeah. is playing it. Yeah, yeah. I've seen, uh, you know, occasionally people even sort of uh, disparage can't be a little bit. as like, oh, it's just a, you know, a sports town or a football town or whatever. Like, those people aren't paying attention. I mean, there's a big emphasis even in the school district on I, I think Camby's a family town. Yeah. You know, and that's what it is. Yeah, Football's it's a, it's a, deal, a big but sports so is a lot of other stuff yeah it, it's a big sports town it's yeah. a big it's a big activities mm-hmm. for families town yeah yeah and okay. parents are looking for that a lot when they come here they you know they take their kid to baseball and then they take their kid to guitar class yeah. and then they go to uh, dance or whatever but yeah. it's they're all activities um, for their kids to interact with other people and learn a lot of life and social lessons and all that stuff along with Absolutely, and here comes the masterful seg because speaking of activities for families, mm-hmm. June third. Yeah, tell me the times again. Yep, it's eleven to two. <laughs> right June here, 3rd. it can be music, and it's all free. You know, outdoors, but out, it can be out, music. Yep, outdoors in the in the parking lot. We'll have hamburgers and hot dogs and soft drinks and and whatnot. Um, there's no charge for anything, and um, yeah, bouncy house, maybe some other stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. some tunes, some good times. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. Congrats Thanks. to you and your team. 15 years is a big deal uh, for anyone to survive and thrive as you have. Well, we started in 2008 right when the housing crash. Yes. You know, <laughs> right. And, and so there was Good that. timing. Yep. Um, moved here in moved 2020. Here. We're right in the middle of COVID. And so, you know, we can overcome adversity. Yes. 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 <laughs> don't don't make any big changes for uh, or additions right, that, for a few that, years, yeah, please. World War Three. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Brian. Hey, I'm AJ. I'm your uh, local Oddmos franchise owner. I'm Mike, co-founder of Oddmos. And we're the hosts of The Odd Pod, a podcast about life in the pizza industry. We're going to have on some franchisees. We're going to have some different vendors on. We're going to get a snapshot of what goes on behind the scenes in uh, the pizza world. Don't forget to tell them about the sports. They're sports. And the crazy wacky pizza that we have every Wednesday that we create. And we also have a special guest every week as well. And I'm Gage, Odd Pod senior sports analyst. Gage, who gave you that title? Me. Oh boy. Find us on Spotify and Apple Music and the Podbean.
Now Hear This Can Be is produced by me, Tyler Clausen. Our content director and star reporter is Tyler Frankie. And of course, our show is edited by Cameron Clausen. We also feature the vocal talents of Joy Struby and James Walden. So a round of applause to them. The song that you're hearing right now is Can Be by singer-songwriter Olivia Harms, used with her permission. To find more work from her, you can visit her website, olivia13.com. Now Hear This Can Be is dedicated to preserving independent local journalism and redefining local news with our fun, fresh, and energetic brand of storytelling. Our sincere thanks to our local sponsors who make this show possible. Please show your appreciation by supporting the small businesses who support us. The production of Now Hear This Studios, Canby's locally owned full-service audio, video, and media production company. Our mission is to produce the best content in the universe, and we'd love to help you do it. Find us online at nhtstudios.com. I will take a motion to adjourn. I just moved it. I didn't even ask for it, though.